Hello, and welcome to the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. Tonight on our 104th episode, we are joined by a fabulous group of folks from Undead Labs that are going to talk to us about a game that we don't like at all, absolutely <laughs> not, and that would be State of Decay, and anybody who's been around anywhere lately knows that that is a blatant lie. Uh, <laughs> so, t- tonight we are joined um, by Jeffrey Cart, uh, Brant Fitzgerald, <laughs> and I got spaced that already, and Drew Hobson. Um, and we'll tell you more about these gentlemen as they have a moment to introduce themselves. And in addition to these guys, we have got our usual uh, bevy of brilliant women, uh, including Alex Lane, Alicia Carabinas, hello, Alicia, <laughs> I'm like looking at my screen, <laughs> Ashley Berry and Charlotte Hyde. I'm like, too many people. Who are these people? I'm too excited. I know. <laughs> You're excited. All right. So, um, guys, would you tell us a bit about yourselves, please? We'll start with you, Jeffrey, since I started with you. How's that? All right. Well, uh, I'm Jeffrey Card. Uh, I'm uh, the lead designer on the State of Decay franchise. Uh, I've been there for a couple of years, uh, and before that, I spent a year trying to get the company to hire me because uh, I'm I'm as you know excited about I was excited about uh, as excited about State of Decay as as any of you guys were. Uh, at the time, I was working at a, a at a mobile company, uh, you know, making mobile games, and I had this vision in my head of a of, of a you know a, a, a zombie survival community storytelling simulator, and I desperately ah. wanted to make it. Went to PAX uh, one year and saw that somebody else was already making it, and it just you know briefly shattered all my dreams, and then gave me a new dream of working at this place. So, uh, it came true, and uh, yeah, so now I'm here working on working on the State of Decay franchise. Yay! We uh we had to give Jeffrey a job because we we found him going through our trash. <laughs> and, you know, after about three weeks of that, it gets a little creepy. So, so oh, wait. so I should stop. <laughs> or maybe you should start. Oh, there you go. I don't know. My future next summer, maybe. Yeah, next maybe. Mm, well, no. Not Seattle. Um, my name. Who's Brad. next? Oh, right, sorry. No, no, go ahead. My name is Brent Fitzgerald. Uh, I'm an art flunky here. Um, I uh, I've been here since before the beginning. Um, I helped pitch the game with our lead artist Doug Williams um, to Jeff Strain in I believe it was 2006 when we uh, first sort of pitched our zombie survival game to him, and we were all at uh, a different company together, and and then we kind of went our separate ways, and and. Uh, a couple of years later, I got a, a one-word phone call from Jeff Strain, said, um, zombies, and then he hung up. The bastard hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I had to uh, call him back and tell him I'd be up there in an hour. But um, uh, just uh, super excited to, to be here with you guys, and I will pass it off to to the tall drink of water over here. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, I'm Drew Hobson. I did the voice for uh, Marcus Campbell. Also, the voice for uh, Sasquatch, uh, Sergeant Kelly Eldridge the <laughs> Third. Two, two totally different dudes. Totally, totally different. Um, I'm a 
voice over artist uh, in Seattle, actor, teacher, DJ, karaoke host, uh, multiple, multiple things. Um, yeah, yeah, and love, love the game. I play it all the time, and uh, it's amazing to be a voice in one of my favorite video games of all time. So that's pretty awesome. And you know what? I gotta say this up front. I'm gonna say this once, and I'm not gonna say it again. And it's not because I'm drinking. I can listen to Drew talk all night, and I don't even do this, okay? But you know what I get to do? Oh, my family room. I can't find it. <laughs> and you never know where you're gonna find anything. You want, do you want me to call you? <laughs> I didn't find the phone ringing just then. I'm not going to find it again. So sorry for the interruption. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally Stuff fine. What, Brant, what do you get to do? I get to do this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> you know, Drew, I just want you to know that not long ago, my husband was streaming on my account, and he got Marcus killed in our breakdown game. We were oh. so pissed off. After I had spent two hours, because dude was up at the ranger station, so recruiting him was a pain in my ass. And you're still and he, married to him? It was a close thing. I was, after, because he had to, we had to stop streaming, and we had to have a discussion. Turn the game off now. One of, first, one of the first things these guys ever showed me when I came to the first office in the different location was, a video of a guy playing in London, and uh, he, he was streaming, and it was on YouTube, and uh, he just totally got blindsided by a juggernaut and got got Marcus killed, and he just <sighs> flipped out. It was the funniest thing. Like, oh. oh man, I never, I never had Marcus die in the in the story mode of a game. Um, I had Maya in one of my early games, and I was really upset about it, but never Marcus until this. Breakdown game, and I was I was really pissed because I wasn't playing. Because my husband and I take turns playing our breakdown game, and I was mad. Oh, was you like, share That's the our same game, and you just fucked it up. Oh, you share the same game? Yeah, we we take turns because you know you, you really need to play like every day. Yeah, to keep keep stuff going. <laughs> um, so we take turns and we do it together and we like plan stuff out and. Uh, <laughs> but then sometimes one person wow. has a screw up. <laughs> wow! And it ain't, and it ain't you. <laughs> no, you've seen me play. I'm awesome. I have, I have, I've, I've learned. Wow, mistakes were made, right? Mistakes <laughs> were made, <laughs> not by me. <laughs> she was streaming, and so we started. We started yelling at Terry. We were like, "No!" <laughs> Poor husband. To add to oh, that. No. To add to that story, uh, the guy's name was London Gaming for Fun or something. He had been playing for 13 straight hours. Yeah. Wow. It was since since he could download it. Um, and so that first day, of course, we were checking everything we could check to see how oh, yeah. people were reacting. And we caught on to this guy, and it was – he was – so he had, hadn't slept. He was, he was getting really cocky. That's not the time to play, man. Oh, and – um, you know, he needed to let Marcus rest, of all things, besides oh, yeah. himself. And he just said, oh, yeah, I can totally take these guys he gets involved. And then he just came apart at the scene. I mean, it was a, an utter breakdown on the air. And I, can't, so, I can't laugh because I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can. <laughs> 
He was he almost was, crying. Yeah, he was speechless. He was... Uh, I'm not going to say that controllers have been thrown in my home. <laughs> <laughs> controllers have been thrown. Yeah. But, but... And I, I take that personally. I, I love it when people... When people Dig the character. It's I. I love that so much. That's awesome. Uh, well, we like you, and we like the game. <laughs> but we should probably do the rest of the introductions. Or we're never going to get anywhere. Talk about the game. We will. We're going to get there. Nothing right. creepy about this conversation. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> all right, uh, Alex. We'll start with you. Who are you, hon? Uh, I'm Alex Lane. I'm an assistant professor in uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota at Metropolitan State University, and I send video games and have lots of puppies and am just beside myself that we get to meet you guys. So, yay, but I'll, I'll keep it short because I know we're trying to go fast. We're legion. Long-winded bitches, as Alicia <laughs> usually calls them. Alicia? Maybe. Uh, my name is Alicia Carabinas, and in lieu of my regular self-introduction, I'm just going to say that I have probably written more about this game than anyone else in the world other than really dedicated four members and people who actually work for Ended Labs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley. I am Ashley Barry. I work at a publishing house during the day, and I write for Not Your Mama's Gamer at night. It makes me sound like a vigilante. Oh. <laughs> I'm Batman. Batman. Uh, also, Justice Warrior, same fucking thing. <laughs> um, and thank you guys so much for joining us. This is really awesome. Of course. <laughs> Charlotte. Hi, I'm Charlotte Hyde. I'm a doctoral candidate at uh, Purdue University. I am the resident Lego scholar, and I love zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a thing. There's a professorship open for a uh, Lego scholar. Yes. We're all trying to get Charlotte to go do that. We're trying to get her to apply. She should. I'll be the, the Lego professor. It would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> you would be so happy. Would... My entire life path would have been different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll do our usual, um, which is fun. We'll do our what you're playing, what you're... Well, we'll do what you're playing and what you're drinking, unless people are reading anything interesting that they want to tell us all about. Um, <clears throat> uh, so that we don't get too terribly long-winded. Briefly, um, though, because I have lots of questions. I know, okay. I know, I know. We'll go brief. We'll go quickly. Okay. Um. How about we start with How about we start with our guests? Are you What are you guys playing? Other than State uh, of Decay. I keep trying to play the latest AAA games, but I just don't get time with my kids, and so what I end up doing is playing Invisible Ink with my baby on my lap. <laughs> I love Invisible Ink. I'm obsessed with that game. Oh yeah. No, I've gotten finally. I'm playing like endless mode, and it's oh. it's it's taking forever, but it's great. I'm, it's so hard. I've been drinking uh, some root beer that my uh, my daughter got me for my birthday. She sent me to the root beer store for my birthday, and so I got one of every different brand of root beer I could find, including wow. Judge Wapner brand root beer. It said, <laughs> I sent it to you to drink my root beer, which I hear. I haven't drunk it yet. I hear that that's an accurate reflection of the quality of the drink. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, I'm reading Nemesis Games by Gems S.A. Corey, which is the fifth. Uh, Expanse novel, and it's super good, and when the uh, TV show comes out on uh, Sci-Fi this fall, I'm going to be watching it obsessively. Yeah, but it's on Sci-Fi. <laughs> I'm probably going to watch it on iTunes. I don't even get the Sci-Fi cable package. <laughs> anyway, that's me. Cool. Um, let's see. I, I've been playing a little bit of The Witcher 3 as much as I can stomach. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you! 
it yeah. it gets a little full of its up its own ass a little bit sometimes. Yeah, but isn't the camera like ridiculous? The camera is ridiculous, but I will say as a developer, I get really jealous of of open worlds that are interesting, and um, there's certainly has lots of stuff going on, and um, so kudos to them. Um, uh, I've actually played more than 20 hours, which is amazing for me, especially considering <laughs> I can't stand fantasy games. But uh, but um, yeah, I'm still I'm still sort of tooling along a little bit, mostly just riding my horse around the mountains and and in awe of how much uh, vegetation overdraw they get. It is pretty. Yeah. Um, I'm currently drinking uh, about a fifth of gin. <laughs> <laughs> my people. <laughs> um, we, have all, we have all sorts of craft uh, distilleries here in Seattle, so there's lots to play with. I will add, I will add that uh, Jeffrey is so enamored with root beer that I ended up putting a root beer brand in the game called Cards Old Fashioned Root Beer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome! It makes me want to start, you know, brewing in my garage or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so. I have been, lately I've gone back and just been completely addicted to Breakdown. Um, I, I bought Yoss, uh, the year one survival edition for uh, Xbox One, but I don't have an Xbox One yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting on my shelf and I just gaze at it lovingly every now and then. And uh, so I just decided to go back. I, mostly I only played the original and uh, Lifeline and didn't really look at breakdown and now I'm just I'm just uh, just freebasing on uh, <laughs> lifeline. I mean uh, breakdown and trying to trying to unlock Marcus as well too, which I haven't succeeded yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I talk to you guys with the hardest unlocks is how it works. Sorry. <laughs> we, all, we really should have given you a cheat code of all people. <laughs> 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 you have to earn you have to earn Marcus. I have to say, this, is, this seems like a good time to say it. Um, before we, we move on, I think that Breakdown is has become my favorite game experience of all time. Oh, wow. And let me tell you, I play a lot of games. Sweet. So. Well, thank you. That, that, serious, really, I mean, <laughs> that really makes me feel good because I, I spent most of my career actually making um, licensed games based on kids' movies. And you don't get a lot of people coming to you with that saying, oh, you no. know what, Shark Tale on PC was my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, so for me, I've been, I've been kind of starved of that kind of feedback my entire career. To say, you know, so for you to say that, you know, for the, the, the first thing I made at Undead Labs, which, you know, which was, which was Breakdown, have you heard you say that about that really, it's, it's kind of a life-changing thing, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for the... Like 300 or so hours at least. <laughs> oh my god. But I'm not joking. No. But if y'all don't fix the leaderboard shit, I'm probably going to come and set your house on fire. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> not really, FBI. I'm like, uh, probably. It's like Gamergate has arrived. <laughs> Let's go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I derailed. I'm, I'm really excited. It's like talking to major celebrities. <laughs> on that note, Alicia, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? All right. Uh, well, obviously, I've been playing State of Decay Breakdown forever. 
Um, I've said that in the last five podcasts, I think. I also played a little bit of The Witcher 3, and Sam had told me that I was not allowed to unleash and tell people what I really felt about it. (laughs) Let's just say I didn't enjoy my experience very much, and I will probably not be continuing with that game. Uh, I've been playing some Fallout Shelter, but not as much as Sam, and not as much as my husband, who is probably playing Fallout Shelter right now in the end. (laughs) He has, like, he plays, he switches back and forth between the iPad and the phone. So he's got like six vaults going. He's got a lot of vaults going. <laughs> Is he supposed to be watching the kids right now? Well, there's only one kid here right now, and okay. she is pretty independent, and if you actually touch her, she might bite you. So <laughs> She's got a little sass. But uh, that's pretty much it. You, you, I haven't played much of anything since uh, State of Decay Year One was released. You guys are assholes for taking over my life. Uh, <laughs> next. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I've been playing, of course, like everybody else, uh, State, of, State of Decay, um, and it has kind of taken over my gaming life as well, and real life too, because Alicia and I were supposed to be meeting to talk about something totally different today, and then we we ended up talking about our State of Decay games. I'm like, yes, I turned on my game last night, and like, so-and-so was dead, and so-and-so was missing, and there were zombies, and I was like, and, uh, and then I was like, oh, and then like 20 minutes later, I was like, we haven't talked about shit we were supposed to today. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, playing a lot of State of Decay. Um, I played some Witcher 3 um, because I've been playing that little bits uh, off and on because I can only stomach it in little bits, too. Um, mm. uh, one night I got real real bored and played some D4 on my Xbox One. Don't know why because I was like, I got like 10 minutes before I need to go to bed. What am I going to play? And I knew if I turned on State of Decay three hours later, I was going to be going to bed. Yep. <laughs> um, Played um, some Batman Arkham Knight um, on launch day and streamed it and embarrassed the shit out of myself because the reason I don't stream State of Decay is because I am the world's worst fucking driver. No, no, no. No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She is. Yes, yes, yes. She's seen no, but I literally can't drive. Like it's, I, it doesn't happen. Like I just wreck the car. It's Sam amazing. like gets in a car. She's like, why? She gets in and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, this is why I can't play. I can't play Grand Theft Auto because I immediately wreck the car. Like, look, the thing about Grand Theft Auto is the controls are kind of shit. Let's be real. Well, it doesn't even matter. Just the button and it just brings you there. Now you don't even have to drive. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what I, that's what I like. But anyway, I, I didn't know. Anyway, that. we're not derailing. Not not really. And, not, uh, not not us. Ugh. Right. I've been playing um, Fallout Shelter anytime I'm away from a console or at home and not supposed to be gaming. <laughs> oh. I've been playing Fallout Shelter, and then I take and then I take my iPad to bed at night. So I'm like, I'm just gonna like check on all my vaults before I go to bed. <laughs> Three hours later. Three hours later. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never gonna get up in the morning. Sam has poor impulse control. None. None. I don't. Not poor. Not poor. <laughs> None. Get it, get it right. None. It's, 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 it's kind of the sight joke. I have no impulse control. Alright. I'm pretty sure Jeffrey was playing uh, Fallout Shelter when we were in our handgun safety class last week. Uh-oh. <laughs> Busted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, got, I got a bizarre social experiment running in there. I tried, actually, for a little while to do something to just make the most horrifying vault I could, and eventually everyone was about to die, so I had to start playing a little bit more normal. But yeah, I, I, I called the, the experiment Craster's Key. Um, oh, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> You're on the wrong the, podcast. I was, 
I was proving, proving the the the, the absolute just faultiness of that system. Whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. writing an article that you guys might be interested in about Fallout Shelter in, for the future, in the fullness of time. Mm, yeah, I am. Oh, and I'm drinking um, lemonade and raspberry infused vodka. Nice. Oh, right. I'm drinking bullet and coke, which is a travesty to some, but I don't really give a shit. Welcome. Exactly, Alicia. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. Fuck them. As long as you're right. mixing with seltzer water, like some people on this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, Alex, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go. Um, I'm doing. Let's see. So I'm playing. Uh, they they have the new Dungeon Defenders 2, which I haven't heard anybody else mention. But I got a little obsessed with that game in an unhealthy way. So I've been playing that. No, you. And I know. Uh, State of Decay, of course. Uh, also, Witcher 3, because I'm going to get my 60 fucking dollars worth out of it. <laughs> so I don't care how unpleasant it is. I'm Glowing reviews on this podcast. <laughs> um, Invisible Ink, which is it's so hard, but I love it so much. It's so good. Um, I love turn-based strategy. It's like a, it's like a really difficult XCOM um, with like cool animation and, I don't know, a little bit more story. And XCOM uh, is already a really difficult XCOM, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I played it on the easiest mode, though, and it wasn't too, it wasn't too bad. I think, I think because there's only limited rewinds and you can only go back so far, um, that, that this is a little bit more difficult. But I love this game. That was my indie game of the week two weeks ago, I think. Uh, Lego Jurassic Park. Um, yay! Sorry. Yay! Which is fun. <laughs> I'm trying to parcel it out so I don't like like do it all in one day like I did uh, Marvel. <laughs> the Marvel. Me too. And then um, I'm I played Survivalist, which is my indie game of the week that I'll do after. That's on my queue actually. I've been planning on uh, playing that on my Twitch channel at some point to see what they did. That's uh, that's cool. It's fascinating. It's it's really interesting game. Um, it's difficult because I started playing that at the same time that I started playing State of Decay, and State of Decay is very similar but way better. So um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, but 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 it's a really it's a really interesting game. It's it's very fun. If I hadn't I started playing out. the two of them at similar times, then that would have been. I would have been it yeah, it's good. That's all. Oh, I'm drinking. Uh, Jameson and ginger beer. This new ginger beer. Right Fuck yeah, you are. I know. I'm, I'm like a fancy lady tonight. I'm not just drinking straight alcohol. So. Wow. Look, <laughs> okay, I even have my uh, cup of mug. You have my mug. Oh, nice. Fancy. I know I'm bringing it tonight so I don't embarrass myself in front of the guests. So, cheers. <laughs> Usually she's drinking box wine out the tap. <laughs> that happens. That happens. I'm no, not that happened once with me, remember? But it wasn't box wine. You're no, drinking a bag nice. of something, and you got out of control. <laughs> Don't drink liquor out of pouches, I guess, is the moral of the story. So anyway, uh, Charlotte or Ashley? Is it like an ID? I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> um, so I'm playing State of Decay. Last of Us, the HD version, uh, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout Shelter, and Monument Valley. A lot of zombies. <laughs> the theme ring to that. Yeah, zombies, apocalypse, you know. All things we like. Oh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking tap water. Yay! Of course you um, are. <laughs> Why do we keep her? <laughs> she's pocket sized. It's like we can I just am. look at her. I'm small. Um. <laughs> 
We're not. We're, are we skipping the what you're reading? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Unless you're reading something good, you can tell us. I mean, I'm reading Dune again because, yeah, spice is life, y'all. <laughs> we're always reading good stuff because we're scholars. All right, Charlotte. Okay, so I'm playing Lego Jurassic World, of course. Um, do you like it as much as the other Lego games? Well, I, I do, but I think it's because um, it's very nostalgic for me, so I, I'm not even actually sure it's a game. <laughs> it's a lot of cutscenes. A lot. Yeah, of it's very much like a movie with original voice acting, but with Lego characters, which to me is like fucking Nirvana. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not as bad as, like, a JRPG where you just hit X, like, every four minutes. Yeah, or whatever. but it's pretty much game. exactly that. It's it's yeah. not, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's most, it's like half and half. It's like half um, movie and half, like, breaking shit to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, an article, Charlotte. Well, but people don't like my article. Uh, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> bullshit I've ever heard. They do like them. They don't hate them, so you don't get as many comments. You don't get the death threats and stuff like yourself. that, so be happy. Right. All right, all right, all right. I'm just saying. Um, anyway, it's it's fun. It's probably my favorite Lego game because it's my favorite Lego. I mean, my favorite movie. So, like, I loved Batman 2, Lego Batman 2, but I don't love Batman as a movie as much as I love Jurassic Park. So, anyway, that's where we are. Um, I'm playing State of Decay, of course, but I would like to say, in in reference to Sam's I'm the worst driver ever, <laughs> I didn't make it to the church with the car. Okay? So, <laughs> wow. I, had, I had to run the rest of the way. <laughs> it's a pretty straight road, man. Yeah. You don't need to step up your game. <laughs> Oh. I'm just really bad at driving. That's, that's I did bad. flip a car today in a very spectacular fashion, and I thought of Sam as it was turning in the air I'm on a rock, a very small shirt. rock. Shit went flying, but it was a pizza car, so, I mean, that happens. What are, what are y'all doing over there? I can't drive the car. It's like I'm drunk even when I'm not. Yeah, our so. cars aren't very forgiving for sure. <laughs> physics are kind of yeah. Specific. It's yeah. fun. Though. I don't think it's your guys' fault. No, uh, it's not. I think <laughs> that the cars have made me swear more, even than the mo- the moments when it's like, oh, three ferals on my screen. That's awesome. Look, there's a juggernaut right over there. <laughs> That's just panic moments. The cars, though, occasionally be like, look, a fucking invisible rock. What the shit happened? Now I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove. Just- I drove a pickup truck named Norma down the mountain. The Norma. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just can't drive. It's a, I mean, I can't really do that well in real life either. So. <laughs> well, you are also tiny, you and Ashley both, so yeah, I don't know if you can reach the pedals even. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I know. I'm yeah. such an asshole. You are. I'm drinking a beer now on top of my whiskey, so who knows what's going to happen. Could be anything. Love it. Okay, so, so do I get the first wait. question? Oh, wait. Well, I'm not done. I have to tell you about my fucking sparkling water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm drinking wine and sparkling water, which everybody makes. No. <laughs> I respect your dedication to drinking that when we continually make fun of you. We right, and that's fine. I'm, I'm drinking it. it. You know, Charlotte I, I, is comfortable wait, wait, with wait. her damn self. Yeah, she I would, is. I, I would also like to say I had several ciders earlier because one of my best friends defended his defense. He uh, did. He's ooh, now Dr. Don. Cheers Dawn. to Dr. Don. Cheers Dawn. Dr. Yes. Dawn, who is a patron of our site. He is, in fact. We love him. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
He's probably sleeping and not listening, but anyway. I hope. <laughs> That's okay. We'll tell him tomorrow that we gave him a shout-out. Dr. Dawn, yay! Yay! All right. Alicia? We're, yes, well, we'll, Now we'll jump into what people are really really want to hear. I know. They're like, shut up. Please. No, shut up and get to the question. <laughs> yeah. uh, one second. We should probably ask the uh, Drew-related questions first. first. He's going to have to get out of town and do do his other jobs. Well, actually, I don't have to go until 8, so... so oh, really? Yeah, we're good. Oh, so you lied to me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't sure yet if we were going to be worth sticking around for. I didn't know how long we were going for. I just you know what? To... I'm just going to put this right <laughs> on the <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I do want to lead off with a Drew question, though. Oh, okay. This is a very serious question, okay? I want you to prepare yourself. Right. Who would win in a fight, Kelly or Marcus? Ah, uh, <laughs> Sasquatch or Marcus? Well, Sasquatch, Sasquatch has the training, and Mark, Marcus has just got the grit. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I, I would always, I always have to go for the brother. You know. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I believe in Marcus. Also, the heavy weapons. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, he's powerhouse and heavy weapons and shit. Well, the I mean, the the description that I <laughs> that I originally got for Sasquatch was could probably kill you with his bare hands. Yeah, it's on it's on his character thing, but he's <laughs> kind of a dick. Right? Yeah, well, that's the idea. So, and, and that's mean, the I, real question. Go ahead, but I then I'll ask you a follow up. I totally think that I totally. I mean. And when it comes down to it, it would probably be Sasquatch, but but I'm always going to be in my boy Marcus's corner. No, you know, and even though Sasquatch has a pretty rockin' beard, I oh. like Marcus's hair better. Oh, yeah. Marcus so, Rose stays, stays tight, even in the apocalypse. It's, it's I know. <laughs> That's some good hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like he's at the barbershop every other day, and there ain't no barbershop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that, maybe that's somebody in your community. Oh, instead of the knife, you could have a pick. It would be like oh. his last kind of thing. <laughs> Dude, you better remember that for the future. <laughs> but it's got to be one of those old '70s picks, picks the ones with the black power fist on the end and the metal spikes. That's what I'm saying. There you go. People will write a lot of articles about that, and I don't know that they would all be in your favor. You got a little black dynamite in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the real talk portion of that question is. So you you do your voice appears a lot in the game um, for various characters that you pick up, um, especially in Breakdown. Obviously, you know Marcus and Sasquatch. What was your favorite? What were your favorite parts to record? And how much of you did you get to bring to the table? Uh, well, the cool thing was is is the first record for the very first release of the game um, was actually my very first voiceover gig. Wow. Um, yeah. So and and it was, it you know how many sessions? It was like eight or nine four-hour sessions. And but I mean, for me, I'm just totally geeking out the whole time because I I just I just love it. And you know, and when they like asked me to like, hey hey, you know, we've been here for like three hours and forty-five minutes. You want to do some zombie sounds? And I'm like, hell yeah! And they're like, all right. <laughs> um, but for for me, the whole thing was just. I loved all of it, but as far as the question you guys asked about the side stories, um, one of my favorite. I haven't asked that one yet, you know. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I am going to ask about the side stories. So you go ahead. Tell us no, now. Then what, what, sorry, let's go back to what I should be answering. No, it doesn't matter. Just talk. We like you. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, was the the side story that I liked the most was is the Santa Claus one. That one's great. Where he's talking about yeah, man, I had to do dress up as Santa Claus and and walking down the hall and and made people sit on my lap, grown ass men and women running away from Santa. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I but really was... like the one, um, the uh, the off the wagon story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you feel like it's gonna have this uplifting ending, but then he's <laughs> like, and then the dead rose. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything got put in perspective. Yes. Oh, but now yeah. I, rem I remember the other part of your question. Um, in the first part, you know, it was kind of they were, they definitely let me. They're like, if you want to put some slang on this on this sentence, and there were a couple of things where I was just like, uh, can we? Uh, can I? Little no, a brother wouldn't say this. Like, like, <laughs> and they're like, okay, well then, just show us how, and I'm like, all right. So, can we yeah. record that soundbite and send it to every game studio ever? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Footnote: Y'all need some black dudes. That's to that's tell what you I'm, how to write dialogue. Or give them, or give the brothers a little bit more freedom in the booth to be just like, um, yeah. hey, this is this is not accurate. Um, <laughs> And and uh, Travis, the guy who uh, wrote the first versions of the games, he was he was really and the um, the directors uh, Patrick for the first one were all super cool and let me just kind of run with it and just kind of put some slang on some stuff and and rearrange just a few lines here and there. I mean, mostly mostly it was all them, but every now and then I'd just be like, okay. Yeah, if we have any any black folks playing this game, they they're just gonna be like that that. So, so um, it was it was a beautiful, amazing, incredible experience. So you know, loved every second of it and all the other recording as well. So. That, if I may, this is a question I didn't send you guys in advance, but it's a beautiful segue. Your game is very diverse, in a way that games most games are not. You have a lot of characters of color, uh, a lot of people with Hispanic names. What what are you guys doing right that everybody else is doing wrong? <laughs> diverse and complex. I mean, not diverse in a surface way. Right. It's right. not just like here's some here's some thugs for color just just to put them yeah. in. But like real people who just sometimes are not white, which is a revelation. It uh, it was important to us from the very start. I mean the. The, the one of the first lines of the des, the really shitty design doc we we wrote up in you know, six seven years ago um, was this is this is a game about regular people and um, so not everybody is is their stereotype of of what they're representing it was imagine just your neighbors and people down the street and how they would survive, and so uh, the story sort of built out of that. Um, and I know Jeffrey has more to talk about how we've approached that uh, um, in the after the first release, after uh, when we started breakdown and and uh, and really kind of um, spread our wings a little bit in uh, in Lifeline. But I'll let I'll let Jeffrey take over there. But it was just important that um, we tried to to get as much of a uh, a cross section of people just living through the, the worst time ever, right? Yeah, one of the things that, that we realized, especially after the, the original game came out, was, was the fact that, uh, that we just have an incredibly diverse audience. I mean, we've got, you know, this game has kind of 
it's kind of taken hold all over the world. In fact, there's um, one of our one of our like most sort of devoted uh, players of the games. This guy, uh, he goes by the name uh, Mon Prince Cyclope. He yeah, he just said Morocco. hi to you guys on Twitter. Ah. Yeah, 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 he's constantly talking to us on Twitter. He's got, he's like, he's doing his weird like uh, uh, car challenges right now, where he's like trying yeah. to stack <laughs> five, six cars on top of a barn uh, <laughs> in the middle of the of the of the field. And he's like this guy. This guy who you know he lives in a different continent from me, speaks a different language from me. But the the sort of the story of this game really connects with him, and it, and it sort of makes it, you know it kind of makes you realize as a game developer, kind of you know sitting over here in in Seattle, like you know this this game is much bigger than just me. I can't I shouldn't just trying to be trying to tell my story in this game. You know, this, this is this is going to try to be everybody's story. That means that you know what this game really ought to be. I mean for such a broad audience is is it should be a tool to let other people tell their own stories, and that means you've got to give them the the um you know the 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 building materials that they need for a story about themselves. Uh, and so you know for me like like when we were when we were adding uh, the new character for uh, for the year one survival edition, the the reward She's character for the game, uh, Gurubani Car. I actually I thought back to when I was back when I was making uh, hunting games on the phone. Uh, we had uh, we had an outsourcing team in India, and I actually spent some weeks in India uh, with, with with a team over there. You know, what, playing games with the, playing Counter Strike with them. Uh, you know, getting to know sort of the, their gaming habits. And and one of the first things I wanted to do was call those guys up and say, Hey, can you help me come up with an Indian character who fits into this world and feels feels real and genuine? And and I'm not just sitting here, you know, just looking up stuff on Wikipedia and and, and getting things wrong. <laughs> Uh, and so they helped me, and so so you know they they named her, and they you know they helped me come up with sort of you know like what what things meant to her, what what weapons she should carry. You know, her dad brought some antiques over from the old country, and like which ones would he have? Like what would matter to them? And uh, and it was a lot of fun because I you know for me it's just, it's just I love stepping outside, uh, you know my little like limited life and 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 sort of finding out wow other people are experiencing the world. Okay, two things in response to that. One, if there's ever a president of gaming, I nominate Undead Labs. <laughs> oh my god, second. <laughs> two, I have to say though, those swords have shit durability. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, hey, don't look at me. Don't look at me. That was Brant. Damn, Brant. She is great. I love Grubani. She's a uh, machine. I'm just an artist, Jeffrey. You're the designer. <laughs> no, a great character. Um, I wrote about her uh, quite a bit. Um, she's a, she's a really good character. There's not a lot of Indian characters in games. No, there really aren't. The tale of that because the the thing that made me when I first played the game and also you know the first time recording was is just the two things at the beginning of the game that I just have to give so much props to one. I couldn't be happier that I'm the character that you start off as, but you start off as a brother in a horror game. And traditionally... Yeah. And you don't die first. Yes, the brother is <laughs> well, the first. It's up to you who dies first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, st but still, he's he's your hero, and you have him, and, and, it's, and you want to keep him alive. And, I mean, to me, it's just... It's it's an absolute absolutely beautiful thing, and you know, and and that's one of the reasons why I play the game over like six times, beat it, and never let Marcus die. I'm like, can't let my boy die, you know. Kind of fulfilling that that horror genre genre fantasy. The brother is going to live at the game. 
you know, one thing that I love too is go, you go on places like Twitch and you see like you know like a, a white guy playing State of Decay and he gets it and he gets Marcus killed and he's like I'm pushing the reset button I'm stuck this in my story Marcus does not get killed and you you get you know everybody doesn't it's not just the black guy playing the game who want to see the black guy live to the end it's like you know the people who are making all the movies where they where they treat the black characters as expendable mm-hmm. they, they need to pay attention to these guys you, you your white audience. Loves these characters too. They're not. You don't have to pander to them like they're. Everybody likes nice good people. characters. The end. Yeah. Full stop. Exactly. Exactly. And I also want to say that it's really nice to have Lifeline, which of the three modes is like the most broish because you use a lot of guns, right? Anchored by a female commanding officer. That yes. shit is great. I love you guys. That's my girl. <laughs> She's awesome. Yes. Okay. I, I love my little box. I, I actually, yeah, I put, I put a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, time into into sort of trying to get the casting on Hawks right. So you needed to have that voice that 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 sort of ooze authority. Yeah. And and she, the actress that we got, uh, Jen Hammond, really really pulled that off. Uh, just you, she just talks to you, and you know she's in charge. Oh yeah. Well, pass along <laughs> that that I like her a bunch. <laughs> All right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the stage over to to one of our other women so that I'm not like dominating the podcast like an asshole. <laughs> I kind of like seeing you fangirl out, though. This is like a growth experience for us. I all. know I never get this excited about anything. I'm a resident hater. I hate everything. She hates everything. She hates everything. <laughs> but I love this shit. I'm gonna write a book someday, so y'all can keep that in mind. Just on state of decay, she's already declared that. It, it, who knows? It might be my fucking dissertation. We'll see. <laughs> well, we'll give, we'll give you full access. Oh my god, I love you more. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Somebody else. I can hear you all the way well, from Minnesota, just to let you know. <laughs> Alex and I have been fighting over this question. Because you said me six times in chat, so you can ask it. Go I ahead. know. <laughs> um, because we, we both had the same question. Question slash comment. And it's about the sound in the game. Um, we love it. Um, in short. <laughs> the second thing is that the sound is so awesome in this game that it actually becomes like another character. Um, so not only does you know does the sound kind of give you like cues and clues to what you should be doing and where you should be going, but it also adds a level of ambiance and emotion to the game that just otherwise. Um, Otherwise, we haven't seen in, in a lot of other games, or we haven't seen in a lot of other games, period, full stop. Um, and I don't know that this is a question more than just continuing Alicia's Talk theory. about the sound a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. you know, I, I found it very, like, haptic. Like, you have your phone that kind of buzzes when it makes the noise, and that's what I felt about the sound. Like, it's it hits you on a lot of levels. Right. Um, and as far as mechanics go and importance of the game and ambiance, like what Sam said. See, I, I did half the question, Sam. So There you go. Yay. <laughs> Teamwork. I think, I think part of what contributes is the fact that, that sound is actually a, a mechanic in the game. You know, it's something mm-hmm. we can't just sort of treat it like it's uh, like it's an afterthought. Like, mm-hmm. oh, somebody put some sound in right at the very end, and then we'll shift. You know, because everything you do makes a noise. You see the ripples on the mini-map, and, and, and yeah. it goes out like a king and tells you where the zombies are, and they're sort of listening and hearing you, and it makes you stressed out. And so we can't just pretend the sound's not there, ignore it, or just play it with our headphones off. It's like, it, it's really important. But Yeah, you can't play this game on mute. Credit. Oh, sorry. No, that was oh. just it. You just can't play it on mute. You have to listen. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Especially if you're playing later levels of Breakdown where we take those blips off the mini-map and you need yes. every clue you can that there's a zombie nearby. Uh-huh. 
but uh, but no, I mean the credit basically goes to our our, our audio director uh, uh, Kevin Patzel, who uh, he, he did all audio design in the game. He also <laughs> wrote uh, several of the the music tracks, and uh, you know there I've been in a lot of studios that sort of treat treat audio like it's just sort of almost like you'll have an audio department, but you almost treat them like outsourcers, like you just sort of pass things under the door, get some sounds out, and you don't really mm -hmm. ever talk to them. That's not really the way it works at Undead Labs. I mean, Kevin is very involved in the entire, you know, creative process. He's he's always talking to us, and and he's 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 right there, you know, with with us, you know, coming up with the game, and and that 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 really makes a really makes a big difference. Having you know, just having a lot of respect between the disciplines on your team. Not not you know one discipline thinking it's in charge of the others, but just you know everybody being equals on the team makes it makes a huge difference to representing these these aspects of the game, you know, design that that sometimes just we get ignored. Yeah, I'd like to add that Kevin was is in my experience one of the only people I know who could have pulled off uh, what he was able to do with as few resources as he got. Um, that he had to basically make systems out of band aids and duct tape that uh, that that uh, you know really enhanced our world beyond just sort of a regular game. Um, one of these days, if you guys want, I'll drag his ass in here and we'll do a podcast with him. He's, Hell uh, yeah! But we gotta do make <laughs> we, have, we have to make fun of his. Uh, he's OCD to the point where it's probably terminal. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, what what that did for us is he will uh, he'll go to any length to get the right sound. Yeah. One of the funniest things. Uh, He's 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 a very neat person, and uh, I went over to his house, and uh, we we used to do temp recordings there, and he was also recording uh, some of the sounds for like when you're uh, when you fail at doing a search and it makes that terrible noise. God, I hate that sound. I fear that sound. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. the worst. So I walked into his house, and he had been um, like throwing stuff out of his kitchen cupboards to try and get that sound, and. I thought he was having. Wow. A <laughs> I thought I thought he was having a psychotic episode. <laughs> because it, it, I mean, if there's one little speck of dust on the floor in his recording room, he freaks out. And uh, and I walk. Brandon and Drew are in his recording room at the office right now, and they're probably leaving wrinkles that he'll never forgive them for. That's right. Dude, you guys need to sit up or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I I thought I had to take him to the hospital, um, but but he ended up putting everything back in its place. But uh, he said it was it was tough for him to do because every time he'd pull a drawer out onto the floor, he'd he'd uh, cringe a little bit. But he did it for the for the game, so it made it better. You guys did. I mean, because you mentioned this before we started that like twenty people made the original game. You went to this length to to get the sounds right. I, I just want to take a second, ladies. Are you with me? Can we just applaud these guys? Oh, <laughs> yes. just, oh my God! Making such an amazing thing. And you know, when I stream, I always get some jackass who comes in and is like, "Does this game have multiplayer?" I'm like, "This game is four fucking gigs. Shut up! It's nothing. <laughs> it's a scrap, but it's amazing." Yeah. Yeah. The uh, that was the worst. That was the probably the lowest day of development was the day that we realized uh, that we had to pull uh, multiplayer from our plans. But it happened early, and it's one of the things that 
kind of sets us apart. Um, we hired mostly people who had met, uh, quite a few years in the industry. Um, and at the time, I think our average was about 10 uh, a decade. And so um, even though uh, uh, it was a tough call to make, we knew that we wanted to prove the, the survival experience first and that if we did that right and, and the fans responded, we might get a chance to do that, uh, to, to set things right as far as multiplayer goes. But at the same time, though, I have to jump in here because I think, yeah. I think the size of it and the fact that it was available on Xbox Live is one of the things that made it such, such yeah. a is because yeah. you, know, mm -hmm. you don't have, at the time, you don't have like that many, as far as I know, that many uh, Xbox Live games that are like a full, beautiful, open world game. No. And for a reasonable price, for an awesome price, and right. it doesn't take up that much mem memory. And so, you know, when in other countries, you know, disc games cost like anywhere of 60 to 100 bucks, you know, and, and it's kind of like all across the board, a reasonable price internationally. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, right out of the gate, we had, you know, talking about people playing it in South Africa and Germany and, and Australia, but you had to fix the... the <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Australia. They had to change the, the meds uh. because they had a problem with, couldn't, uh, they couldn't do the healing with the... Uh, with like codeine and shit like that. So really? Um, yeah, they had they had to swap it out. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, everything in Australia is herbal remedies and yeah. vitamins. <laughs> but I think I think that's one been one of, to me one of the awesome and the and the fact of the diversity of the characters in the game is just those th those three factors is what made it a I think really made it besides it being an awesome game a huge success and just available. And, uh, yeah, there, there's so there's so much that was done with a small team and low resources. I think you guys are really a, a huge success story that people can look at and say, "Look, you have an amazing community of people who really support you. Um, you have people who are willing to stream apparently for 13 hours straight <laughs> just because they're so excited about the game." Um, and you you did all of this with you know. People pulling drawers out of their kitchen to get the right sound, and sometimes Drew gives himself a pep talk because he's voicing both characters on screen, which is one of my favorite moments ever. I have a recording of that somewhere of Marcus pep talking Marcus. My, my um, favorite thing is the bug in Lifeline, where um, uh, once we when we went back in and we added in some extra, you know, we we got folks back in the booth and we added in some extra lines for Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. It actually caused a bug in life on where sometimes Madison Grant will start talking with Drew's voice. Oh, and, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and a, lot, a lot of the female soldiers will also start talking in Drew's voice. If you do certain things, if you go and you survey with some of the female soldiers, they start talking like Drew. And that's still in the game. We haven't found a way to fix it yet. Oh, uh, my gosh. I mean, you're not going to go hunt for that later tonight, right? That's going to be my mission. I'm doing that by sheer will. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, there's going to be a modded version where you voice all the characters. <laughs> no, that's that's the original release before we fixed it. Originally, pretty much more than fifty percent of the characters actually used Drew's voice, and I went back through and I evened it out a little bit because it wasn't fair to the other actors. Uh, but yeah, we're also big fans of Sam. Yes, around here. Mm -hmm. Sam is awesome. I love Sam's t-shirt. That's like says so much about her character. You, you get so many layers to her personality just from that shirt she's got on. And that was the joke because when when Alicia first started to tell me about the Sam character before I was playing, she was like, "So I got you killed in um, State of the <laughs> Dead last night." And I was like, "Huh?" 
<laughs> and then, then when I started playing, and I told Alicia, like, like after that, I was like, okay, so the very funny thing about that is I don't have a T-shirt that says Big Dick, but I do have one that says Big Dog. I was like, and just for, this, <laughs> for shits and giggles, I should wear it on the podcast, but I forgot. <laughs> One thing, uh, there's a great injustice going on right now. I'm not hearing any love for Alan Gunderson. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> voiced by Brant, of course. Oh, yes, yes. Mr. His, Sheriff is the first is one. my big... Uh, that's, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm an international star now. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, you are. Well, uh, I will say it? that Alan is a very effective asshole. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. When I was casting Lifeline and I had, like, the biggest, you know asshole character in Lifeline. I was like, you know what? There's only one man that can do this voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's Alan Gunderson. Uh, it's a, I, had, I mean, I had I had Sasquatch, who was probably the biggest asshole, but he was like this, you know, he's an asshole you respect. I want The asshole you I just don't respect Sasquatch. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, it was really nice getting uh, phone calls from my friends who were playing the game for the first time. They'd call me up at one in the morning and, and, uh, and say, dude, I just shot you in the face, and then they'd hang up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Facebook posts after it came out were kind of interesting, just like, oh, my God, I accidentally got Drew torn in half, and people are, my family's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, Alan is a, Alan's kind of a dong. I don't know. I mean, yeah. So in, in, in that sense, it was great voice acting because we really believed that he was a really big asshole. Yeah. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't ask how much of uh, me I put into Alan. <laughs> <laughs> we like you. <laughs> You're one Alan of our favorite 100% me. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think You're I'm way more lovable. Yeah, and I'll probably not shoot you in the apocalypse. You know, when, whenever I get the sniffles or something, I don't come into work because I'm afraid that Brant's going to take me out back and cap <laughs> Look, it's got to be the black fever, okay? As long as it's not that, you're okay. Uh, right, I'm going to steal one of Alicia's questions because I think it's a, it's a good segue, and okay. I want to. Um, so, because we've been God. talking so much about, uh, at this point, about the, the technical aspects of the game, what was one of the most difficult technical aspects in 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 getting State of Decay done for the for the new year, version for the new year version. one yes for year one yeah I, th I think the uh, for the year one survival edition I, I uh, you know talked to talked to our tech our tech lead uh, Sean Leach about this and it was basically just the sheer fact of putting it on a new platform uh, mm -hmm. it, it carries with it so many just diverse technical you know issues that that you just kind of don't even I mean even as just as a game designer you know I'm not I don't write code. I don't really, you know, understand the deeper inner workings of a lot of this stuff. Um, and so, so it's something that you don't think of very often. You think of like, oh, you know, how are we going to redesign it to take advantage of this feature or that feature? How are we going to, you know, upres the graphics and stuff like that? But, but really, just just getting that onto another platform, it was it was kind of it was an overwhelming code task. And and I think it's something that you know, a lot of a lot of folks on the PC might not really ne necessarily sort of think through, like when they're getting the Year One Survival Edition, you know, on Steam. They might not realize, you know, a lot of the reason why this is a whole separate release is because over on the console side, we had to put it on an entirely different box, which yeah. is just, that's that that is that's not nothing. It's a it's it's a big deal. 
Um, but one thing I love, though, about the new box is the fact that, like, there were all of these, especially with Microsoft as our publisher, there were all of these um, kind of new, interesting features for us to support, things like the, the, the game DVR and... Uh, That's um, so cool! <laughs> Um, and, and for us, you know, we're, we're not a studio that believes in half-assing anything, so we're not like, you know, oh, we got to somehow get some challenges in here, or just throw something together real quick, have an intern do it. Like, we, you know, we actually, like, okay, what's the really, what's the good way to do Xbox Live challenges? Like, how yeah. should we do it? And, and we sort of designed it as a way to not just sort of satisfy a publisher, but actually to, to, to go out there and, and, and find excuses to go and connect with fans again. Basically, every month, for the next year, we're going to be doing dedicated Twitch streams, telling people about the new challenge, showing them how to unlock it, and you know, getting on the on the Xbox Twitch channel and like inviting new people to see what it's like to play this game, see cool. the cool crap you can unlock, and uh, and and just keep talking. Because the more we talk back and forth between us and, and like the fans of the game, the more we learn about our own game, and we think we know stuff about it when it releases. We look, we learn so much more about it from watching other people play. That, that you know having things like Xbox Live challenges and like excuses to keep engaging with people it's a huge difference to our ability to keep making this franchise better. Well, this that kind of leads into our next question, but I'll I'll let Brant and Drew weigh in if they want to first. But before <laughs> I that, I just want to I just no, it's okay. We like you. Really quickly, I just want to say, don't hide. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the DVR. And when I was playing during the review period, because you guys gave me a copy, probably because I write a lot about your game, um, during the review period, I then strung together all of my deaths during that period <laughs> and made one video that I called Death by Review. <laughs> it, was just, it was just during that time, and it was like, I don't know, it was like 10, 10 people, and some that I, I killed on purpose and some I killed on, by accident. But I took all of them in the 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 Xbox One's um, little editing suite and made one video with like flames and shit. I wish I could put some like metal music in there; it would have been awesome. Is that, is that up on YouTube anywhere? Can that be in the show notes or something? Um, yes, I, I can put that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> I showed it to Sam in her office. I know. I I have to say this: um, that Brant as the art guy. My mother probably really hates you because <laughs> my mother is one of those people who is very selective about her monsters, shall we say. So while she loves vampires and witches and all that shit, um, she is definitely afraid of zombies. And she's visiting right now. Um, so I was playing some State of Decay last night, and she decided that she was going to say, I was like, Mom, I'm playing a zombie game. She's like, oh, it's just a game. It's okay. I was like, yeah, you might not want to watch this. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. So I'm playing, and I can, like, feel the couch jerking when I'm fighting <laughs> the zombies because she's over there. And then, because I'm, like, sitting there and, like, giggling my ass off, and I probably also had a fact, something to do with the fact that I was, like, two or three vodkas in, um, I fucked up and got Maya killed. <laughs> Sam! I know. And she got ripped in half. My oh, mother got up and walked away. <laughs> that, that was actually our favorite trick. When we took uh, Lifeline to PAX, we, got, we had this enormous, uh, it was to PAX East, we had this enormous screen up over our booth. And uh, our, our best strategy was we would take everybody, at the very end of their demo, we would take everybody down into the tunnel to get them swarmed by zombies and let them get torn in half because that would go up on the big screen and people who were just walking by 
would look up and say, what the crap is this game? And they would get in line to come and play it. It's like intestines. and uh, Oh, it's so I know, it was like... Uh, that piece of gore that connects the two body halves. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, but that said... Some of the, the graphical improvements, and I have fought with people over this. People, Some people who are like, well, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, no. Because there's a place where you can stand in Marshall, and you can look over into the other side of town, and you can see the courthouse burning in the distance. So beautiful. Yeah. The you kind of, for, you <sighs> think the brain kind of fills in a lot of gaps when you're, when you're playing a game that's got some graphical limitations. And you sort of don't think about the fact that the draw distance is so close and that, that we're sort of doing all this simulated fog to hide stuff in the background. But when we can push that fog back and you can suddenly see a lot deeper... It's it, great. It's so much better, but it's easy to just forget what it looked like before. I Playing the game uh, on PC just at my workstation, you know, those, those changes, they came in incrementally, just one tiny change at a time. And for a while I was like, how are we putting out this... It doesn't even look any better, you know, just because I, I was sort of like a frog in a pot, just like be eased into it. And then I went back and I played the 360 game. I was like, oh no, no, these changes are really big. <laughs> I just, I just forgot about it. I just kind of eased into it slowly. Yeah. Another yeah, big. Another oh. thing about about that, if I may. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's important to us uh, to have those quiet moments in a game. I think. Uh, some games where you're where you're just running and gunning the whole time, you're frantic. You don't feel like you can stop and and take a breath. And that you know, in in uh, in um, like a, a, even a lot of zombie canon, a lot of movies, you know, there's that frantic moment where they're running and fighting, and then all of a sudden they they get a chance to to just stop and take a breath. And it's important for us in a game like this where it's the long term that you're not in contact all the time you're not running for your life every second that there is it's almost like a glimpse that there is um, a reason to go on living when everybody else is dead right because there is still some beautiful moments left in the world yes so. yes this is what I don't like about Left 4 Dead because you're always running and it's so beautiful but you can't look at it <laughs> yeah, because you'll get your spleen eaten by something. Exactly. <laughs> I was actually, when we were watching, uh, over around E3, when we were watching the Uncharted 4 demo, and they were driving that Jeep, like, super fast through that town, I was, like, crying inside for all those poor environment artists. Their <laughs> <laughs> lives, building that world, and it just went, <laughs> like, one right? person's entire contribution to the game probably went by, <laughs> in five seconds. And I was like, oh, he's poor. I, I just, I want to just lose <laughs> that section, just play it really badly so I can see every inch of it. <laughs> so annoying. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, as a game artist, you get used to uh, spending years on a project and, and people never even seeing your work. That's... And I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the open world game allowed us uh, to do, was really... Yeah spend as much time as we could um, on those, you know, even the fun little things like uh, the, one of my favorites is the um, homage in one of the uh, backyards to uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Just mm -hmm. a little fun thing that got built there uh, because we love all sorts of other games and zombie games especially. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, James McMillan, our environment guy, um, just put that in one day and somebody walked around the corner while we were testing and goes, hey, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> my, my a lot of references to other things in your game. 
they, my, my, my favorite little touch is the chainsaw bear outside the uh, the farmhouse because there's actually because when uh, when our neighbors uh, our old neighbors were selling their house next door for some reason the guy he was a woodworker he just decided oh you know what will make the, my house sell better a big chainsaw bear right out in front of the house and so he chainsawed the huge bear outside of the house and so for me going to the farmhouse I felt like I was going home because it was oh just, my god <laughs> I was just house. there today and I thought what the fuck is up with that bear. <laughs> And now I know. I will never have to think that again. I love you got red on you. I really like I really like the moments of um of interaction as you're walking with your companions and how they just kind of have side conversations and kind of talk to each other. It kinda of reminded me a little bit of Mass Effect a bit and when you kind of like run around and you're you're in the elevator elevator for a while and you just strike up a conversation and um it felt real to me. Like I was just talking to my friends. It's, I mean, it's, there's a lot of depth. One of my favorite yeah. ones like that is a. Uh, it's back in the very beginning of story mode. It's been a while since I've I've replayed story mode. Um, when you're sneaking back from the vet clinic, and Sam and Alan are just like pissing on each other. Yeah, that's so such a great moment. <laughs> She's so mad at him, and he's such a dick. <laughs> And he's like, peace, y'all, I'm out. He just takes the fuck off. Alan is a jerk. Your bag. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so this has kind of come up a little bit back and forth, but can we talk a little bit about the, the fan community? I mean, you guys have a lot of, not it's not just me, a lot of dedicated fans who are really involved in the game, who are, you know, really busy on the forum. Um and it sounds like, from what you've said, that you really listen to people and, and try to take that into account, but how does that affect the, the kind of choices that you make? Uh, Especially as you were going into year one. Um, well, uh, it was... First of all, we'll, uh, we'll say that uh, we owe everything we are today to the fans of the, of the first game. Um, we, had, we, we had zero dollars, exactly, for... for uh, for marketing the original release, um, and it was it was a hundred percent word of mouth, and people people picking up the game and playing it, and then dropping it and calling their friends and telling them that they couldn't do anything else except buy this game and play it, um, and it just uh, it took off, and so um, we instantly owed our existence here. Uh, our continued existence to the fans, uh, but more importantly, we plenty of us have been around uh, the industry long enough to know that um, that engaging with the people who are willing to drop, you know, their hard-earned money on your game is is the best way to keep people coming back and also to make a better game. We might have, and Jeffrey can talk more about the sort of the design implications of this, but. We may have a great idea that, on paper, uh, maybe to us might be the greatest thing in games ever. But um, uh, until we hear from uh, our fans and what they want and how they play our game, um, that just might not be true. That assumption may not be true at all. And Jeffrey, from the design side, uh, how did that? How did that affect our our those experience? Well, every time I watch somebody playing the game on Twitch, I take a note of something that we got to do better. Because uh, you know, you can't. You, when you're watching somebody else play your game, all you can see is what's going wrong. They might not <laughs> even realize that something's going wrong, but you can see it. And and it's you know, 
whenever you're playing your own game, uh, you you want to idealize it. It's all, if, even when I'm playing, actually, when I'm playing somebody else's game, a lot of times, like I'm playing Mass Effect or something, I'm playing like junior cinematographer in there. I'm trying to get all the right camera angles and everything. I'm trying <laughs> to make the experience as good as I can. And the problem, I mean, that and that makes the game more fun. But the problem is, uh, when when you apply that to your own game, you'll smooth over all the bugs. You'll uh, you know you'll avoid places that you know, you know things that don't work very well, and you'll sort of give yourself this idealized <laughs> experience playing your game. And uh, but that can that can hurt you. That can make it so that you know your your places that you could have found to improve it, you 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 never you know you never catch on. So. Uh, Hey, this, is, uh, this is my daughter Calliope here, by the way. Hi, Calliope. Calliope. Um, <laughs> she's so cute. <laughs> so we're, uh, but anyway, so so having things like Twitch, having things like you know just connecting with forums on the uh, fans on the forum, really gives us uh, you know th- that that tool we need where you know I'm not gonna be able to play the game the way someone who's brand new to it can play it. I, I need them to be playing it, and I need to be talking to them to find out. Um, a couple of things we did, things like. Um, uh, putting the rucksacks in the trucks, you know, being able to, you know, having the vehicle inventories. Bless so you. We added that as a, uh, I think you really need to go upstairs if you're going to be making that noise. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you're adding that, that came from basically listening to stories of, of, of you know, fans in our forum saying, okay, I, I managed to drop five rucksacks in the bed of Norma, and I drove really slowly all the way back home, and none of them fell out. And we're like, okay. If you're putting that kind of effort into trying to bring home that many rucksacks at the same time, there's probably something we can do to make that process a little bit easier. As a long-term player, yeah. thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's just... The funny thing is that it's often not the suggestions that make the biggest difference. It's the stories. It's the experiences uh, that make the biggest difference. And, and you know, we'll... Because, you know, somebody can... Somebody can be off base, uh, you know, making a suggestion. People even, you know, people on the design team can be off base making a suggestion, but you can't you can't fake an experience. You know, if something happens to you in a game, that's a real thing that happens in the game. I can't just ignore that. You know, that's part of the thing that I made now, and if I don't like it, it's my job to go and change it. Uh, I'll let Brand enter the next question while I uh, take. Hi, <laughs> Calliope. If I can jump, on, if I can jump on that too, I think I think yeah. you know. The Facebook page, you know, I mean, the Undead Labs Facebook page, and I mean, even from the very beginning, you know, of you know, not long after that, just looking and seeing all the posts and actually seeing uh, Undead Labs answer some of the posts on Facebook. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, what other? I don't. I'm, at the time, I'm like, what other video game company is actually going to respond to their fans? Yeah. And, are clearly, very clearly paying attention to the feedback that they're getting on a daily basis. I mean, of course, you always have, like, the dudes like, oh, when's the multiplayer, blah, 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 PC, PC, you know, for the longest time. But, you know, but it was amazing to see the fact that, you know, this call and response, you know, like the larger video games, there would never, ever, ever be, you know, that, that it truly is a game that, that was part that was helped shape by the fans through communication and, and feedback and posts and social media and everything. I mean, I'm I, you know I, I had when I first did the record I had no idea what it was going to be, but then I'm just like as it grew I'm just like this is amazing this is revolutionary man this is a beautiful thing. We uh, one of my favorite stories about about the ongoing connection with fans is uh, 
we set up a, a fan appreciation booth at PAX Prime one year. I think it was a couple of years ago. Yep. And uh, we we weren't showing anything new, but but we were so overwhelmed with uh, with the response to the game that we just wanted to uh, give people an opportunity to come by and 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 play the game and and have fun and and just talk to us uh, sort of away from the the craziness that was the main floor. And one of our super fans. Uh, a 13-year-old girl who uh, would come by every day at PAX and <laughs> and play until we literally had to kick her out of the seat. <laughs> I love her already. She, uh, she she came back on the second day of PAX and Drew we got Drew to come by, and uh, I had I walked I had Drew walk up right behind her and she was playing Marcus, uh, and Marcus did his usual nice. nice. And then he said it right behind her, and just freaked out. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. We we love we love meeting our fans um, because uh, because we have such a fantastic community. I mean, if you spend any time on our forums at all, uh, I have. Yeah, <laughs> no surprise. You'll see that Sonia Weathers has Sonia. has created the best. Forum experience I've ever seen, um, and it's it's a self-policing community where uh, um, trolls just don't get to it's live. One of the politest communities for a game that I've ever seen. It's yeah. shocking. And uh, it's it's I mean it's a safe place to talk about the game uh, mm -hmm. without worrying. I mean we encourage people to to. Um, to constructively criticize the game, we want to hear that kind of stuff, and uh, and our community knows that we want to hear it, so they don't jump all over people who might not like an aspect of the game. Um, and so uh, we're just really lucky that um, we have such an engaged fan base, and it would be idiotic of us to not um, engage with them as much as possible, because we want to make. I mean, yeah, we want to make great games. We want to we want to make a game that will sell, and and it would be really stupid not to listen to the people who've supported us this far about what they want to see going forward. Ah, uh, you guys! But I know Alex has a question. But well, before Alex, go ahead. But go ahead. before before you ask this, can we just get Drew to drop one more like Marcusism or even a Sasquatchism? Because it was great. <laughs> oh God! I'm it was sorry. nice to see live. See if I can do the nice or not. I'm trying to think of do the yeah. do that. I brought I yeah. brought you a pony line. Uh, yeah, okay. I brought you a pony, but uh, but he tried to bite me, so I shot him. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think I've died and gone to heaven. What was the What was the Sasquatch ending where, where he's like where he's like Yeah, we're gonna find the uh, the cure that's gonna take away all the zombies and. And it's gonna be a brand new day. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. No Hollywood bullshit ending for us. Oh God. Okay, go ahead, Alex. I'm just gonna sit here and die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. It sounds oh. like we're gonna have to release a, uh, a Drew spoken word album. <laughs> yes. Please oh, yes. do. I'll buy that six times. <laughs> oh my God. I don't. I think I actually did die. <laughs> Lisa's fainting over there. These are the Marcusisms or the the uh, bullet and coke. But, um, 
So this goes into what you guys were talking about, about how you've kind of continually thought about what the fans wanted and responded to what they were thinking and what needed changing. But we were just curious, sort of looking back now, from the early days to now, what, how has your vision changed? Um, how have your plans for the future changed? What have you learned about the process? Anything like that. So that's a, a for grabs for anybody. Funny. So, oh, go oh, ahead. From the early days, uh, we we had. I mean, the game was a was a very different beast when we started, um, and some of the, uh, a lot of the times during development, especially with a small team. Um, you have these grand plans that just get burned down on a daily basis. But uh, if we we uh, we had four cornerstones of the game that we that we uh, set out early and didn't want to stray from, unless it was a catastrophic issue, and uh, we made it through uh, the process of releasing the game with three of those still intact. The fourth being uh, the multiplayer aspect, and. Um, What's, uh, what's been great uh, about um, after we released the game was people like Jeffrey came on and had just an incredible enthusiasm for the potential of, of this game in the future. And it was, a, it was a perfect shot in the arm for us when Jeffrey came on board because we had just finished this long slog working on, on uh, this game. And um, and then Jeffrey comes in and he's like, "Oh my God, I love it! I, we could do this, and we should do this next, and we can do this and this and this." And you know what? <laughs> we did this and this and this uh, because he was uh, a new sort of driving force, and it got us all back into uh, being extremely excited about this. So um, I'll let Jeffrey sort of finish up the question about uh, <laughs> what we do now. About, about how I imposed my psychotic vision on the rest of the team. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it, you, you, it's funny because we were talking before about how, you know, kind of the, the, the fan base always surprises. When we were, uh, you know, Breakdown was, was one of the, the, you know, the first things that, uh, that I worked on when I got here. And, uh, you know, we were thinking, okay, we, we need this thing to get more, more difficult over time and keep leveling it up. And we, you know, got it up to level five. We're like, man, five is... Super, super hard. I can barely survive level five and breakdown. Like the, the, you, you at, oh, and then level six, we turn off the zombie blips, and so now I don't even know where the zombies are coming from. I'm just getting killed all the time. Man, nobody's gonna be able to live through this. But just in case, you know, just in case, let's take it twice as far. Let's take it up to eleven, just in case, you know. And, and so we we came up with more difficulty levels, brought it all the way up to eleven. Said, okay, now we've taken it twice as far as we could ever survive. <laughs> This is plenty. No one's going to be able to live through this. And then we put it out there, and we got guys doing Twitch runs to get to level 99 and yeah. down. And it's it, it's just kind of ridiculous. We're like, okay, we clearly do not have very much perspective on the potential of our own game. Most of what we learn about the potential of our game is going to be coming from the outside. And so you know, just the same way that that you know the Brant you know was was kind enough to say that you know sort of my outside perspective coming in after right after the first game release you know, was kind of a shot in the arm. Every time we release something and we see, you know, other people playing it, it's a shot in the arm for us because we, you know, people will reveal so much more potential, uh, you know, in this franchise than, than we really could imagine when we, when we were, you know, deep in it ourselves. Uh, I think Ashley has a question, which I think, to me at least, having played a shit ton of Breakdown, this is a good time to ask it. 
<laughs> I was actually going to like segue it earlier because death is a pretty good segue <laughs> when we're talking about Maya. Um, it really always comes up. Um, that happened to me and it really saddened me because I loved Maya and she just got torn mm. apart and I saw those delicious insides. Great. <laughs> um, so my question is uh, the permadeath feature and state of decay and how it really raises the stakes. Um, that along with the background simulation really ramps up the tension for the player. Um, what was the reason behind these features? Besides the fact that they're awesome. I mean, they, they are. They really are. But it's kind of unique. I don't I don't really see it very often in many games. Well, Brent, you want to tell this? Yeah. Uh, I can talk to... We always, from day one, we wanted to make this, uh, this experience um, a, one that had uh, emotional resonance. And, uh, Done. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, there is no game uh, that has, that respawns your main character that has that kind of emotional resonance. Um, uh, where was, you know, a real weight behind uh, the consequences of your actions, um, and uh, we uh, we we watched a lot of uh, zombie movies where you know your favorite characters or the quirky ones or what have you, these standout characters would would die off because they made a mistake, and um, we wanted we wanted that that feeling of loss to really set in, and you can't do that if you can respawn if you if you just start over at your last save. It just doesn't have that kind of um, uh, risk-reward versus uh, cause and effect. And it goes so really well, too, with the, the realism of the diversity. This is a really realistic game at moments. Like It feels like there's some real shit going on, real things at stake. And I, think, I think a big part of that, too, is, is the fact that... Um, you know, most uh, most video games, you know, they cast you as a specific character, and they basically treat that character it's like it's like a glove that you're wearing. You know, you you invest yourself in who that character is, and then you're just sort of walking them around. But they sort of stop being themselves. You know, they they're they're not really a character anymore. They're just sort of your your hand reaching into the game and and and, and moving it around like a puppet. And one of the one of the big advantages I think that that State of Decay has that that came with the permadeath. That, that you know, if you're doing permadeath and you want this game to continue and not just end all the time and never go anywhere, you got to, you know, say that, okay, you're not playing one character. You're playing this entire community of characters. And that means that because you're not any one person, each of those characters can kind of have a laugh of their own. Like, you might be playing Maya most of the time, but then sometimes you switch over to playing Ed, and Maya is another character outside of you who's talking to you, who has her own AI and has her own, you know, uh, background and her life story and her desires and wishes and dreams. And that makes that makes it possible for you to invest in her a little more. I, I always laugh when people in the media who don't understand games, uh, like you know, uh, doing reports on violence in video games and stuff like that, will they'll say, "Man, video games are dangerous because they're so much more immersive than movies." And like, you don't understand this at all. Video, it is so much harder to make a video game immersive because you don't believe in that main character most of the time. And uh, and so emotional resonance is really hard to achieve. You have to work extra hard to eke every bit of emotional investment out of a game because you know just like on a movie set, the guy holding the boom mic doesn't actually care that much about you know how the the, the main characters just broke up and it's so sad and everyone's crying. The boom mic guy doesn't care because he knows he's just holding a boom mic and this is just fake. 
similarly, as a player in a game, you're like the boom mic guy. You know this is all fake. You're doing half of it. And so it's really hard to get emotionally invested. So by pulling you out of the characters a little bit and making it a little bit more like a movie that way, because you're watching so many of the characters from the outside most of the time, you can actually invest in them more as people. And then when you're invested that way, when they die, it matters so much more to you. It's not just, oh, I lost a life in Pac-Man and I'm whatever, you know, it's no big deal. It's like you really lost a person that you've been friends with for a while. So that's how I feel. It's kind of cool in a way, you see. <laughs> that's really, yeah, makes sense. In that way, I think it's almost less, you know, it is more emotionally invested rather than just uh, shoot them up, you know, know that you're going to respawn kind of thing is where it's like, you know, you get caught up in it like these are these are real people and I need to protect them and, you know, make sure that they can buy and have the resources and everything. And, yeah, I mean, to me, you know, and, and, and the violence of the game, then that take, it takes it to an interesting different level. Right. Yeah, because you're right. You do want to protect them. You want to protect your favorites because you like them. And you also want to protect the people who are really useful, like a certain character I have right now who's both my mechanic and my doctor and who keeps going out to fight juggernauts like a moron. <laughs> you stay home, Shayla. What are you doing? We got enough food. Why are you going out? <laughs> Make her stop. No, there's so many reasons that, that so many things that play into it that make you so invested in this game. Until Pastor Will eats all your beans. <laughs> okay, whose idea was Pastor Will's? Because somebody really needs to answer for that. Um, <laughs> he is worse than Alan, I swear. So, oh, don't hate on the poor pastor. Oh my god! One of the funniest moments in development. Um, was in, uh, involved Pastor Will and Maya. We we have a systems-driven game, which means we're not telling explicit stories constantly in this game. We're letting the system pick which missions come up based on a whole a whole bunch of data, uh, how much resources you have, and things like that. We also have had the the mental health aspect of the other survivors that you're maintaining. Granted. Our, uh, the, the way we deal with mental health is you take a little stroll and kill stuff and then come back and everything's okay. <laughs> but um, it's like real life. Yeah, we yeah. won't we won't talk about how dangerous that is as a model. But um, but uh, we never knew what was going to uh, happen with with these different characters. They are they are living their own life based on what the system decides. And one time. Um, uh, during one of the arguments uh, back at the base, while while we're running, while I was running around with Marcus trying to find food for the community, um, I got a note from Maya saying that Pastor Will had threatened to shiv her like a prison bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Will said that, <laughs> and then he said the mf word. Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, Pastor always... Will had lost it. And what's funny is is. Um, I stood up and I said, I may have a bug here, and then we talked about it and went, you know what, that's not a bug. He's lost his shit. <laughs> the, oh, the, world, so the world has gotten to him, right? And um, and uh, so we left that in. It's also so great that in Breakdown he has a candlestick. <laughs> that was <laughs> like my favorite thing. We were coming up with the heroes, me and Brant sitting around coming up with you. 
figuring out what weapons these people should carry. Uh, have you seen Judge Lawton's? Uh, I have. I've gavel? seen. Uh, there is nothing the you have hidden gavel. from me. That's awesome. The gavel's <laughs> great. Andy Pims being a playable living character in Breakdown is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> the end all time, and then he has a crutch. It's so great. Yeah. Oh. Molotovs. That guy knows how to make Molotovs. My Andy Pims is a ninja. <laughs> And he's amazing. His <laughs> wits are really high. You got surviving on the streets, man. That'll teach you, teach you something. Andy Pims knows things. <laughs> All right, Charlotte, did you did you have a question that you wanted to ask, babe? Yeah. So, is there any plans for expansion? And speaking of, because I know people have been asking about the Cleo drops. <laughs> well, one of the uh, one of the best things about the Cleo drops for me actually was the fact that um, I mean we. We we haven't been able to make any uh, you know official announcements about the future of the franchise except right. that there will be a future to the franchise. I mean we you know signed on like long term deal with Microsoft. This is definitely going to keep going, keep uh, keep getting bigger. But uh, the my favorite part of the Clio drops was explicitly not giving you a solution to that mystery in the Year One Survival Edition, like setting up this mystery and just knowing, you know what I'm I'm going to have future future opportunities. To pay off on this, so I can just, I can just start this mystery, let it play out, and then just end it without giving you any kind of satisfaction. Uh, <laughs> that was the favorite. Just sitting there thinking about that was one of my favorite parts. I don't know if I hate you or like you right now, <laughs> but, but it's great because you know there's going to be a future. You know that you mean I, the, you know I, I do have an answer to what to where they're coming from, what they're all about, uh, and I'm just waiting for the right, right opportunity to put it out there. And uh, it's it's going to happen. We just gotta we just gotta get there from here. But it makes you feel like there's gonna be. This is like a it's gonna be state of decay, state of decay lost edition. It's like <laughs> y'all can't see my face right now, but my yeah. eyes are really I big. I promise the zombie apocalypse is not purgatory. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there's more to come. Yeah, there's more to come. We, you know, we the the, the two things that uh, that Jeff Strain has officially given us permission to say is that there will be more state of decay in the future. And our focus in the future is on is on multiplayer. I mean, that's that's what the company's been saying from day one. You know, from its inception, is we're going to make State of Decay, and long term, we want to make a multiplayer zombie survivor survival. Listen, simulator. though, since you listen to your fans, and I am in fact a fan, can you do me one favor and not allow random assholes to come up into my base and fuck shit up? <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that is something we've had to think about a lot because. You know that those those games. I mean, there's there's an entire genre of games that are entirely about that experience. I know. I don't want that. That's terrible. Wondering, hey, people are assholes on the internet when they're in forums. Can they be assholes in games too? Turns out the answer is yes. 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 <laughs> and so for us, I mean, State of Decay is very much about. Uh, I mean, you've seen you've seen the game. It's 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 got a lot of you know harrowing, terrible things going on. But at the same time, it's also about hope and it's about community and it's about people yeah, banding yeah. together and, and not so, being Daisy. Yeah. So, so whatever we do in the future, and we can't, you know, again, can't make any promises or announcements or anything. But, but whatever we do in the future, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna carry that same tone. You know, we're gonna carry forward that tone from the original State of Decay, and it's not just gonna be about, you know, how, how horribly can you stab your neighbor in the back? <laughs> Thank God. Okay, we got one, one last question, and it's for Brant. <laughs> So if Drew wants to just give us some voices along the way, that's fine. No one will complain about that. No one, no one's going to be upset. Um, Brand, 
Tell us about your weapons. Um, uh, oh boy. <laughs> you, you guys made a lot of weapons, like a yeah. lot. Yeah. More weapons than any one player could ever possibly play with. <laughs> Especially once you take your favorites. Trying to get rid of shit in Breakdown, and it's really hard. Uh, that sucks. I hate you for that. Um, but there's so many different weapons. How did you maintain like different looks and just aesthetics and, and balance? How did you guys do that? Well, I'm I'm uh, I grew up in a hunting family, so I grew up around guns and. Uh, I saw them as an integral part of a survival scenario, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the mistakes they made was uh, one day they said we need we need a, we need a couple guns in the game, <laughs> and uh, and I looked around and I said well I'll, I'll make them, and, uh, and then six months later when um, I had been sort of just putting things into the game uh, they realized we had a hundred. <laughs> and uh, and they kind of said, well, could you please stop now? <laughs> and, and Brent said, no. I said, no. <laughs> so I just kept making them, and then Jeffrey came along, and we started uh, working on uh, Breakdown, and I presented him with about another hundred uh, weapons. <laughs> because uh, I have no life, um, and so I go. I was going home at night and, and working more, uh, on on guns and weapons, and then we did a quite a few. I think another forty for for Lifeline, um, which was fun guns too. Because we gotta, I gotta have a little bit of fun. I, I have a, I had a little bit of military background, and uh, and so I got to play around with some of the more military uh, kinds of stuff that uh, that I'd always wanted to put in, but um, for one reason or another, another was I was just. Not allowing myself to put some of the most fun stuff in there until, until we gotta let loose a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, sp- I grew up around guns. I'm, and so uh, it was pretty easy for me to 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 come up with a list that would uh, that would keep me busy for quite a while. Yeah, I really appreciate the fact that uh, when we were working on breakdown, uh, Brant. Uh, you know, kind of uh, brought me in and involved me in some of the brainstorming, and he actually uh, made a weapon that uh, that my daughter uh, recommended. Uh, my second daughter uh, asked that we put a, a pirate sword into the game. Oh, and I love so that Grant, sword! Grant made that for her. And uh, my other daughter suggested a human femur, uh, but <laughs> that, that was a little bit too gruesome, and so so we didn't do that. <laughs> I but, feel like yeah, my the, kids the are friends with like your kids. The daughter that I based the, the 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 breakdown hero Amelia Krasman is based on my daughter, and so I she love her. her. Oh, dude, she's been my shit lately. Man. I love her. My <laughs> first long breakdown game, she was the anchor of my team, and she died on level nine. Oh and no! I turned my game off and I cried. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> right now in public, I'm gonna say I cried. Yeah, she's you know she's based on my daughter. Um, uh, Heather Larue is based on my wife. Uh, you'll notice that she she's wow. got uh, her, her little character description is a zombie apocalypse. Try raising four kids. And, uh, <laughs> I like her too. She's great. Wow. Yeah. I've I made a bunch of people after my after my kids and my, my family because uh, I don't know. It's just it, it makes me a little bit more engaged with them when I'm playing the game. I'm like, oh crap, this is my kid. I can't. Uh, let's just leave her in the base. She can just stay where it's. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> you thought, I, I I call her my one hit wonder because I got her to the place where it's just like doosh, this one. Oh yeah. Explodes, so it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's actually a, uh, a somebody in our forums who goes by the name Amelia Krasman and has made a YouTube channel called Amelia Krasman. Oh. Where he 
cute, like, like off-screen video of, like, slow-motion, heroic Amelia Krasman marching through Danforth and uh, just kicking ass and taking names. I, 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 I so good. Her, and she thought it was amazing. Uh, she, man, yeah, I love that character. Awesome. So I have to say that Brant's Brant's answer really has me thinking that you are just really fucking awesome or really fucking scary. And I'm not quite sure which one yet. Well, <laughs> depending on who you ask, if you ask my ex-wife, she'll say probably the latter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't listen to exes, so who cares? No, but I'm no, gonna disappoint I'm going to disappoint Brant and say that right now in my breakdown game, everybody that doesn't get played regularly has an Eli, so all your your weapons are going to waste. Everybody who might get on the tower has an Eli, <laughs> which is smart play on my part, I must say. I'm impressed you rolled that many Elis, honestly. Those those, those, those know, are kind of to come by. They just kept coming up. You know, I kept uh, I kept recruiting him, and I would get an Eli, and I would bank it, and then I would kill him off or leave him behind. <laughs> the Wilkerson's got to be good for something besides being assholes, right? The thing you don't want to do is give grenade launchers to all your NPCs. That, no, uh, I learned that after I got cars destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Andy Collins got all of his cars destroyed when he when he tried that, and he, he's the he's the lead writer over here, and he uh, yeah, that, yeah was, that was a tragedy. That's right. So, though, if you do it in Lifeline, it can actually be a lot of fun. It can make the sieges go by much faster. Sieges in Lifeline are rough. I gotta say. Speaking of uh, of Sasquatch. The last Lifeline game I played, we're sitting there. My husband's sitting next to me. We're playing. It's a siege going on. We're, like, fighting. Uh, I say we, because, like, it's like we play as one entity. I say we all the time, even though who doesn't matter who has the controller. And then on the side of the screen, it flashes, Sasquatch is dead. I'm like, what the shit just happened? <laughs> Where was Sasquatch? And there he is laying in two halves in the middle of the map. Oh. In the base. Uh... Dead. Yeah, the siege was the very first thing we did for Lifeline. Like, you know, we we I mean, aside from James McMillan spending the entire previous year building that map, uh, the very first thing that the tech lead and I did was just sort of sit down, plan out the sieges, and, and make that work. And once we made that work, we just kind of built the entire rest of the game around that experience because that was it's sort hard. of the that was sort of the experience, the zombie experience that was still missing from the rest of the game. Was you know, you had the sieges where the zombies would sort of attack your base. You didn't have that ability to like sort of plan out your defenses on the walls and like, you know, oh no, they're reaching here, they're reaching there. It w that wasn't quite there, and so and so Lifeline, part of the point of Lifeline was giving the excuse to just to, to haul out those defenses, the mines, the guns, and do do the real zombie defense experience. Yeah, that shit's hard. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what do you guys always want to talk about that nobody ever asks you? Um, it's got to be something. Oh, my children constantly, but that's uh, you're probably <laughs> bored by that. Uh, I'm gonna guess that they're all really cute from the one specimen that we saw. <laughs> yeah, they, they all pretty much look like that. The kids, my kids are kind of clones of each other. So the kids are disgustingly cute and amazingly intelligent and hilarious. <laughs> Yay! Oh yeah, but no. What do you want to tell us? The other fact that I that I love about the game at the beginning is is that it's there's a brother camping, and I love. <laughs> I love, love, love that. I love. I that. agree. That was my favorite part. And for two weeks too. That's a long time. Yes, I'm like yes. Thank you, a brother that, that camps. <laughs> yes. Survives and it survives a horror genre. That's well, hopefully, is a, that's awesome. awesome. See, it is a unique game. I know. <laughs> the camping was awesome. 
I love how clueless they were. They're like, what the shit is happening out here? You know what else? This is a weird little thing. I love the fact that you guys were not afraid to use the word zombie. Because in so many movies and shows and games, they're like, I don't know. It's like the undead just kind of came in the room. Like they've never seen a zombie movie before. 100%. Fuck that. Yes. Yeah, I actually think, you know, the hardest thing right now is we've sort of been planning the, you know, the um, expansion of the franchise and trying to flesh out the world a little bit more is uh, is sort of figuring out, you know, we, we have to know more about the history than, than, you know, we have to know more about, like, where this came from, how it worked. And the hardest thing is trying to imagine a world where zombies arrive and everyone doesn't just handle it because we've been watching these movies. <laughs> You have to really figure out, you know, okay, how did this arise? How did, the, you know, how did were people taken so off guard? Why did it break out so hard? And uh, it's, that's one of the biggest problems to solve. But you know, one of the things that I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to is, you know, there's a lot of just little things, little details that we sort of put into the game, at just almost kind of ad-libbing and, 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 and stuff as, as, as we're working on it. But we try to remember as much of that stuff as we can, and we're, you know, we... Uh, we want to springboard off a lot of that stuff as, as the franchise continues in the future. We want to take some of those hints, things like Cleo drops, things like some of the some of the like signs and hints and stuff that that, that Brant and James were mm-hmm. sort of putting throughout Lifeline. We want to take those and actually make them important parts of the game, and so people can go back to the original game and and look around and see like, oh man, I know that I played Save the Decay, whatever things happens in the future. And I recognize this. I recognize that they had a grand plan from the beginning, <laughs> and. Um, Totally fake them out that way because <laughs> a lot of the stuff we just threw it in because it seemed cool. But you know, when you get when you get a franchise like this that lasts for a long time, you can really take details and and, and blow them out. So anyway, come back to us, you know, sometime in the future, and and we'll talk about it again. I'd, I'd love to talk through all that stuff. Wait, I think he did just admit though that they are lost, throwing in stuff that they just thought was cool. Once they very well thought out that it all comes together in the end, like that. That's the red herring. <laughs> Well, and we admit, I, we admit nothing. <laughs> sorry, I, I, my job is to just admit things at random, and then Brant Brand has to pull me back. <laughs> you guys, I'm this really has been really great. Okay, oh, go ahead. Did you no, I'm just it? saying, I, I'm I'm really anxious to see where the story goes. Yeah. yeah okay, Charlotte, Charlotte will appreciate this. This is a very tiny thing. Can be our last question. Charlotte, this is for you. Charlotte. I don't know how much you've played of the game, but I, sometimes, when Lily is jabbering at me and I'm doing stuff, I'm like, stop being so Odyssey. Did you guys <laughs> play Dead Rising? Because it yes. reminds me of Otis sometimes. <laughs> like, stop reminding me. I'm on it. Yeah, you know, we've, we played, I mean, I think Brant more so than me, even. We played, you know, that the heck out of the zombie genre, watched a lot of zombie movies. There's a, there's a lot of places where, you know, there's some kind of uh, there's some 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 traditions and and and, and yeah. tropes in, in the zombie genre that you don't necessarily think of when you're just sort of dabbling in it, but when you get immersed, it's kind of hard to get away from things like that voice on the radio. You know, I started watching yeah. uh, Z Nation on Netflix, and they've got mm-hmm. that voice on the radio yeah. character, and you know, it's it's one of the more recent additions to the to the genre. But it's it's become such a thing. It's like it's almost it's weird. The the zombie genre is interesting because. I mean, it's got all these different universes where things are happening, but there are these commonalities that, like, you know, everybody knows certain things about zombies. It's kind of like working in a shared universe, but with a lot of other studios and a lot yeah. of other people. I like all the little Easter eggs, too, that you guys worked in, like uh, Rick Grimes and 
Yeah. And the Savini house and shit like that. <laughs> it's always fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting on our Twitch stream whenever James McMillan is on there, is he'll just give you a tour of all that. What are you saying, Brent? Oh, there are so many more homages There's and little, tons. little things like that. That uh, I mean, James, James, I was living in his basement at the time uh, when we were developing the game, and uh, he, I would come home late every night from working at the office, but he had come home and started watching another zombie movie and had a notebook full of notes about <laughs> about uh, homages and fun little things that he could reference. And uh, so a lot of the, uh, the uh, businesses and signs and things like the that. trucks and stuff, yeah, everywhere. Almost everything there's, is a reference to something in else. the game. Like, yes. yeah, there's, stuff, there's stuff going on in that graffiti that, uh, that yeah, if you spend yeah. time, you figure it out. I love it. A lot of homages to favorite you know, directors and actors and... But or, or, go ahead. But, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's me. It's my fault. I'm sorry, but specifically Dead Rising. What? What about? Oh, it? had we played it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Actually, no. Dead Rising I mean, is. is it an inspiration? Because it was so. Uh, I just loved it. It was so awesomely reminiscent <laughs> for me. So. For, for for me, Dead Rising Two was actually kind of the height of that franchise for me. Oh no no no! no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fight you right now on this podcast. No no. For me, for me as a father of three daughters, like okay. yeah, like like uh, you know, connecting with that character, you know, where you know he the ma the only reason he was doing anything he was doing was to get that medicine for his kid. And for me, like that was like an instant like grab me by the heart and like pull me into the game thing. And okay. uh, yeah, it's even just that the 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 case zero uh, that 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 first release they did on on XBLA yeah. uh, really sort of captured me because because he was just he was caring for this little girl and and she couldn't do anything herself and but having that like that character outside of you that you care about rather than just worrying about yourself again you know that that's such <laughs> a, an inspiration you know uh, that the, the fact that, that that works so much better than trying to make somebody care about their own character that's oh, anyway. true. I would get really upset if, if I failed in Dead Rising 2, um, much more so than the first, because I would just start over, like, whatever. Okay, I'll do it all again. Um. <laughs> I just thought it was really great, because Dead Rising was my... God, it's got to be one of my favorite games ever. And yeah, no, I had a lot of fun with that, too. I uh, I, I played your game, uh, and it just reminded me of it so much, and it, it's better in different ways, but you know what I mean. <laughs> we, 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 we don't mind being compared. It's fine, you know. Don't have, uh, yeah. don't have to be everybody's favorite game. It's okay. Before we started this podcast, I, I, I said I don't want to be like all oh, Dead Rising, but I mean it did. It reminded me of it in the ways that I like because I can fight or not fight, and so far, Alicia tells me that's going to change. But <laughs> well, I think that, like, that goes back to what they're talking about. I mean they. They use they surveyed the the zombie genre and and yeah. was part of that world. Yes, it's so good. And yeah. the, the more people work in the zombie genre, just the 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 bigger, more diverse, more interesting the, the this universe kind of gets. I unapologetically love zombie stuff. Me too. <laughs> it's like hard not or something the way like say like World War Two games did. Like I hope it stays on just because. I want to play the zombie games that happen 20 years from now, when, when you know all the tropes that we're using become so dead, they have to come up with something new. And I, I feel like you know, there's, there's a lot of depth to this genre that that could be plumbed, you know. And, and I just I don't know. I'm really curious to see what the zombies of 2040 look like. <laughs> yes. 
All right. You guys might be making the genres of 2040, but okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like we've covered even more than we planned to cover, and we had a lot of questions. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with us. Oh, We're my gosh. Bunch. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks for having us on. We, uh, we love our game. We love talking about it, and we really love uh, talking to people who, who like the game. Um, <laughs> it's what we're here for. Yeah, and, got, and got you, you covered. You guys seem like you appreciate the game in the, kind of the same way that we appreciate it, which is sort of how, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, everybody's got a different perspective. There's a lot of different ways to enjoy the same game, but I feel yeah. very on the same page with you guys when you talk about what it is that you like and what, you know, what it is exactly that connects you. So, so for me, this has been a lot of fun. Well, it's been a blast for us. And and yes. when when the next you know, expansion or whatever that you can only hint at or <laughs> broadly talk about now emerges, please feel free to come back and talk to us again. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. we'll, de we'll definitely stay in touch. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so okay. Should, so should we, uh, should we have uh, uh, Drew here give, uh, give a real heartfelt thanks to not your mama's gamer. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Loud, Everyone else. Loud and clear. Yeah, thank you, ladies. Not your mama's gamer. You guys are amazing. This is this was awesome. Um, unfortunately, I, I have to I have to bolt I have to go uh, karaoke host. So, um, and, and you know, if any of y'all in the Seattle area, feel free to come out to one of my gigs. Um, I got a little rinky dink website, uh, drewhopson.com, that has like my. Uh, all my gigs listed, and uh, my voice over read a little clip of uh, we were talking about that I did on Grim and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, or, or any of my DJ spots. More than if little. you are listening to this podcast right now and you are anywhere near Seattle and you don't do this, you're not our friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this in the show notes. We will make we'll sure. Yeah, come out, come out and say hey. So sorry, sorry, I have to bolt, but no, it's uh, all right. Have thank fun. You so Thanks much. for sticking around. Thank you. Yeah, I probably got to go uh, and help take care of my kids a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you guys can feel free to go. We just have a couple. Yeah, we, we're doing stuff. our wrap-up stuff. Well, Tell Calliope we said thank you for the cameo. I will absolutely <laughs> do that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Alicia can oh, get uh, flights to Seattle right now. <laughs> I was just there last year. I should have looked you guys up. Well, anytime anyone's gonna. Gonna come through Seattle. Give us a heads up, and we'll uh, we'll have you up to the lab, and and we'll take you to dinner. Is that Mark? Oh man, yeah, I'm coming back. Cause Seattle has great food. I was gonna say I go to Seattle kind of regularly. You might Alex, let me know, and I'll, I'll drive up there, and we can go together. Let's <laughs> go now. <laughs> I can go now. That would be our favorite thing to have you guys over. We'll uh, we'll give you we'll give you some swag and give you the full tour. And uh, oh my god, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, y'all. I actually have an RV, and I'm pretty sure Not Your Mama's Gamer hits the road to go to Seattle. Could be an amazing group of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That would be so dangerous. Alex, we will plan that shit. Hang on. <laughs> but let's... Brant, Mark, are you going to hang with us for the closing? Yep. All right. Yay. Jeffrey, and, thank uh, you. Thank you, Jeff. Great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. So I'll, I'll I'll take off because I hear the baby crying upstairs, and uh, oh. I can't with that. So <laughs> I'll, I'll see you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hi. So we got a little bit of news, and then we've got indie game of the week. Real quick things. Um, Alex, do you want me to do the news first? Uh, I'll just I'll do indie game because it's gonna take it's just gonna take a minute. Do um, it. 
So the indie game of the week this week is Survivalist. It was a Steam Greenlight game by Bob the Game Development Bot, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which uh, it sounds like he came up with after. Um, Why I think you should go pay full price for Survivalist right now is because it's an amazing game, and it's, it's truly sort of like State of Decay. It's a labor of love. Um, it's a zombie survival horror game. You play multiple characters. I'm opening sort of, Steam right now. Yeah, you should. You should. I think it's five dollars, like right now. So please, like everybody shouldn't go buy this game. Um, it's the, and like the community, again, like State of Decay, is like so obsessed with this game because it's like this indie developer. Like it's there's so much going on in it. Um, and what what I like to I read I read an article today. It was on Vice Gaming. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but it was about how Games these days, like they they used to make worlds, and today they just make a bunch of uh, key keypads that you need to unlock. Like everything there is there for a strategic reason because it does this, this, and this, right? Um, and this game is is you know truly open world. You can kind of do anything you want. It's not just about figuring out how to put X key into Y thing to unlock the next level. It's like kind of an experience. So. Um, of course, as I said earlier, the fact that I started uh, playing the new uh, State of Decay release at the same time has uh, dwarfed my uh, <laughs> amount of time that I put into this game because State of Decay has my heart. But uh, but I think I think everybody, especially if you're into the, the zombie uh, survival horror type games. Um, you should get it, and it's really interesting because they're they're. I know I said this too fast. I'm sorry. Their main character is kind of a douchebag. Like he's this Wall Street guy who had he like screwed over a bunch of people and had his own bunker to like withstand the apocalypse and was just gonna oh, be like dream, screw everybody else when he comes out. So it's kind of I don't know. It's interesting, and the reviews on it are insanely good, which I think for such a tiny development is uh is pretty. It's pretty good. So, check it out. I'm gonna be on that because you know that's that's my jam. You you'll like it. You'll like it. I have no doubt. If I can put my breakdown game down ever. This is two weeks in a row now that I've had an indie game I liked. So Invisible Ink or that I like was obsessed with indie uh, Invisible Ink and Survivalist. So Ooh. we're on a roll. The summer of indie games. And it's a good night to talk about Survivalist because well, that's it's zombie night. That's why I picked it. All right. Um, so we got some news this week, and there's a lot of big news or whatever. Uh, briefly, just going to say, <laughs> big laugh at everybody who paid 100 bucks for Batman. Damn. <laughs> oh, this shit is going <laughs> Seriously, there are, some, there are some big implications for this. Um, 100 bucks, though? Really? That was if you got all the DLC, the That's season pass. Yeah, because clearly DLC comes at launch, so like, oh yeah, my god, makes so much sense. <laughs> Not only was this game troubling from the the get go because of that, because of the price tags attached, because you couldn't just buy the whole game, but you had to buy this, the extra stuff to get the extra stuff that was available at launch. But now it's broken, so broken, in fact, <laughs> that they suspended sales. PC sales, what? yeah. Wow! Wow! Shocked! <laughs> Shocked! 
Yeah. Well, okay. On top of that, I have to say that the re the very reason that I bought the game, the very reason that I pre-ordered the game, was to play as Harley Quinn. Now, one, my Harley Quinn DLC Rejected. first install was glitched, so she 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 kept getting stuck, and then you find out that the Harley Quinn DLC is like twenty fucking minutes long. Oh. oh, I am evil. Do you understand? Look at this face. I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. Oh my god. I'm not happy. No. I'm not there happy. are a lot of people today who are not happy. A lot of people <laughs> wow. yesterday who were not happy. And I bet there are a lot of people over at Warner Brothers who are, or who were at Warner Brothers. <laughs> 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 Because uh, they are now past tense. How do you how do you release a game without playing it as a whole? There's so many parts of this that are epic failures. I, I like that's definitely one of them. But like every single component of this is just ill conceived. So. And see, look, we we go from talking to a studio that like has their shit on lock. Totally. We played we played our shit. We know what's going on. To talking about a studio that's like, I don't know, we were pleased. We were, we released some like puzzle pieces that might be a game someday when we patch it enough. Oh my god! Pay hundred dollars today. That's a fucking amazing amount of money. People Good might job, Undead Labs, for not releasing shit so broke you had to stop sales. Right. Wow. Wow. It's tough. It's tough releasing a game. It really is. Um, and when it when you start coming down to the the end of your budget. Um, crazy shit happens. Okay, but this is Warner Brothers. <laughs> I, I worked for Warner Brothers uh, before I came here. And, All right, tell us. Um, it's uh, it, it the larger your organization, um, sometimes the tougher it is to get things done. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's I true. Agree with that. yeah. You guys, I wrote about it, but I don't know if the rest of you played it. Um, what was it? The the writer. The hell was the name of it? It was a little indie game, a twine game. The writer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the yeah. Oh man, it was really good. It was about <laughs> that idea of, of making a game in a big studio and all of the weird oversight and the changes and last minute things. The little game developers, um, sin. Yeah. It was actually called. Was it like Game Tycoon or something crazy like that? No, it was called yeah. The Writer Will Something. I'm looking it up right now. Damn. Okay. We're the writer will do something, and everything that was going wrong, and this like the writer will die. Oh, whatever, the writer will fix it, and and you yeah. play as the writer, and the writer's like, I don't have anything because every time I do something, you guys fuck it up. Yeah, makes sense. And, uh, man, it was it was like the most horrifying thing I think I've ever played. So everything that you guys do, bless you for actually getting shit done, because I would never want to be involved in that. I will just sit over here and talk shit about what you do. We're we're lucky in that Jeff Strain, uh, our founder, uh, had the kind of experience building a couple studios before this, um, and uh, and sort of set out with. Uh, he understands how the business works, and he's shielded us uh, over the years from a lot of the crap that um, that would normally sink a small studio like ours. Mm -hmm. so we were lucky. Bless him, too, and you can pass that along from us. <laughs> but, okay, so that's the shit news of the week. Very bad for a lot of people. The good news is, on the heels of an E3 that featured more women than ever, 
even some black women on stage. Raise your hand if you've seen that before. Hey, what? <laughs> um, we also just got news that there's a transgender NPC in Guild Wars 2, mm -hmm. same-sex marriage in Fire Emblem. Holy mm -hmm. shit, you guys, it's a whole new world all of a sudden. <laughs> if female yeah. game development wasn't dropping by in a year, I'd be more excited about that, but that is exciting. I, I hope for a day in which these things are not exciting and they're not news. Uh, I look forward to that day. I look forward to my children playing games in that day when they're adults. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, I'm fucking thrilled. I'm really thrilled that I'm not going to have them. to stand out in the sun and Animal Crossing every day for four hours a day to stay brown. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just uh, It's a beautiful day when you don't have to stand out in the sun. Just to Just play a character that looks like you. <laughs> oh, dear. All and right. that's the news. That's the news. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 104. <laughs> except, except I just have to say two things. I know I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. Thing one, Brant, thank you for coming into so many of my game streams and being no. cool. Except for that time you told me to turn my flashlight on because I don't do that because that shit brings zombies to the yard. <laughs> I will play my in the flashlight film. brings all the zombies to the yard. Yeah. I kept telling her to turn her flashlight on because I couldn't see shit. <laughs> you know what? I will play in the dark because it keeps my ass safe. I've done this. It's not my first rodeo. Hundred plus hours. Um, a lot of game time. Uh, so thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend of the site. You're so cool. We liked all of you guys. You're fun. You're funny. Keep doing shit right. You make Please. it worth it, for sure. God. Yes. I wish more more games were like this game. Yeah. I'm getting a little emotional. Thing two. Keep it together. Sam won't let me say what or specifics, but we have a lot of cool shit coming up in, in coming weeks. Yes. So keep listening to us. Because we're awesome. Okay, Sam, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, and you scooped me. But anyway. No, I'm an apple. <laughs> so, as I was saying, that brings us to the end of episode 104. Thanks so much to all the folks at Undead Labs for, for coming out, joining us, having a great conversation with us, and putting up with our crazy asses in the meantime. Um, so until next time. Sorry. Say again? No. no. A lot of fun. Thank you. It was fun. Yay. Come back anytime you want. Trust me. Please come back. Um, until next time when we have episode 105 when we're talking about something or another. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's it. You can always find us in all the usual ways. You can follow us on Twitter at, at NYMGamer. You can find us and like us on Facebook. You can come to our sites where we have our daily pithy posts. That obviously pissed a whole bunch of people off at nymgamer.com. That shit is not pithy. I'm writing too many to words to tell it right next week. That's what I say. <laughs> don't don't encourage. And if you have yes, if you have any questions, comments, anything fun that you would like to ask or add, feel free to email us at nymgamer at gmail .com. And until next time, folks, that's it. That's a wrap. Our play, instructions. Play game to kill some zombies. I was going to say our instructions until then are stay cool, <laughs> kill some zombies, and as always, my friend. 
Game on. Game on. Game on.